You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the May 12th, 2023 Friday reading of the Ark Valley Voice News Program. My name is Michelle Wexler. Today we'll be reading the following main articles. Salida Sports Manufacturer awarded $99,350 Outdoor Recreation Industry Grant, written by Merrill Bergen. Crest Academy Students Sell Wares at Annual Market, written by Susan Roebuck. Buena Vista Trustees Approve New Youth Tobacco Ordinance, written by Jan Wondra and a new child care proposal for The Schoolhouse, also written by Jan Wondra. Take 2 Renewal Festival 2023 Approved Airport Space Protected, also by Jan Wondra, and following up with miscellaneous articles. We begin with the first article, Salida Sports Manufacturer, awarded $99,350 Outdoor Recreation Industry Grant. This posted by Merrill Bergen. Salida's Oveja Negra wins $99,350 grant to help attract and retain local employees. On May 11th, the Colorado Outdoor Recreation Industry Office, OREC, of the Colorado Office of Economic Development and International Trade, OEDIT, announced 24 recipients of the Outdoor Recreation Industry Impact Fund, ORIIF. These competitive grants are intended to help outdoor recreation industry businesses and nonprofits hire and retain over 100 full-time and part-time positions, especially for those businesses impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. Salida-based sports accessories manufacturer Oveja Negra is a local success story and also one of the grantees. Founded by Lane Wilson, Oveja Negra designs, manufactures, and sells top-shelf bike packing bags and accessories, now with a retail shop in the heart of downtown Salida at 101 North F Street. Winning a $99,350 Outdoor Recreation Industry Impact Fund ORIF grant is a reward of sorts for the care that Oveja Negra shows to all its team members. Wilson explained that going back to their first employees, they provided significant benefits, including, among others, 100% of the costs of both health insurance and supplemental insurance, as well as two weeks of paid time off annually. Among local employers, and especially those tied to outdoor recreation, benefits like these are rare. The pandemic initially gave a boost to outdoor recreation as people tried to stay distanced and healthy. But as the brunt of COVID-19 wound down, many people stopped spending money on outdoor fitness. This made it hard to retain these programs at Oveja Negra. In addition to restoring a high level of benefits amidst a severe slowdown in business, we wanted to increase wages since the cost of living has gone up so much, said Wilson. Great intentions like these were simply not possible without outside assistance. 
Wilson credited OREC with recognizing the need, understanding what businesses had gone through in the pandemic, and then acting on it. I just felt so embraced, so protected by the help that we could apply for. Beyond the often heard talk of providing a living wage, Wilson chooses to offer a thrivable wage with benefits to keep their employees both happy and healthy. Obeja Negra continues to manufacture their products out at the eastern edge of Salida on CR 105, but now also has a colorful and well-stocked showroom at 1st and F Street downtown, complete with more sewing machines and even a design lab. Head designer and co-founder Monty Wilson mans the design lab and does short-run production. The store also offers on-the-spot repairs for simple issues, a boon for those heading out on the trail. While Lane Wilson did the major work of writing the grant application, leaving everyone else even busier making product, she was quick to heap thanks on her team, who helped make it happen. Everyone stepped in. It's what we do. We're all a big family. What does Oveja Negra mean? According to the company website, in short, black sheep. We love our home in southern Colorado, and the American West is so heavily influenced by its Spanish roots that we decided the Spanish translation to Oveja Negra was a good fit. We embrace being the black sheep of the biking and manufacturing worlds. Wilson closed an interview with Ark Valley Voice by crediting OREC director Connor Hall with giving industry members both encouragement and a heads-up about the pending grant funding early this year. Oveja Negra then jumped at the opportunity, competing with firms on the Front Range and Western Slope, becoming the sole winner in Chafee County. Building strong relationships across the state has enabled OREC to direct these funds toward one of the outdoor recreation industry's greatest needs, retaining and hiring new positions. We're thrilled to assist employers as they continue their efforts to steward our natural resources while also creating career opportunities in the outdoors, said OREC Director Connor Hall. The grants will be distributed in 15 Colorado counties, including rural San Juan, Route, and Chafee counties. Among the recipients are outdoor recreation manufacturers, guide services, youth camps, and outdoor learning centers, and a Gunnison County organization dedicated to fostering local food security. Approximately 58% of the recipients are businesses, and 45% of the recipients are located in rural communities. The 24 ORIIF grant recipients are, in alphabetical order, American Mountain Guides Association Boulder County, $97,664, Arkansas Valley Adventures Summit County, $100,000, Avid Four Adventure, Boulder County, $100,000. Big Agnes, Route County, $100,000. Colorado Mountain Club, Jefferson County, $100,000. Fremont Adventure Recreation, Fremont County, $23,200. Geyser Technologies, Montrose County, $100,000. Go West Camps, El Paso County, $78,000. Jet Boat Colorado Mesa County, $23,000. 
Longmont Bicycle Company, Boulder County, $100,000. Meyer Skis, Denver County, $100,000. Mountain Roots Food Project, Gunnison County, $45,870. Newton Running, Boulder County, $40,000. Obeja Negra, Chafee County, $99,350. Pooter Learning Center Foundation, Weld County, $100,000. Quicker Stuff, Mesa County, $100,000. Seismic Skate Systems, Boulder County, $50,000. Society of Outdoor Recreation Professionals, Jefferson County, $32,000. The Women's Wilderness Institute, Boulder County, $96,250. Western Slope SUP, Delta County, $30,000. Yampatika Outdoor Awareness, Route County, $10,000. YMCA of the Rockies, Larimer County, $99,899. YMCA of Northern Colorado, Boulder County, $100,000. And Venture Snowboards, San Juan County, $74,000. When the outdoor recreation industry thrives, Coloradans across the state benefit from quality jobs and an unparalleled quality of life. These grants will help outdoor recreation employers retain and hire the talented staff that power this important sector of Colorado's economy, said Eve Lieberman, OEDIT, Executive Director. According to data released last fall by the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis, BEA, outdoor recreation accounted for 2.7% of Colorado's economy and 4.3% of the state's employment, or 125,244 jobs in 2021. That represents an increase in employment of 13.4% over 2020. Editor note, the Outdoor Recreation Industry Impact Fund was made possible by state and local fiscal recovery funds, SLFRF, part of the American Rescue Plan Act, ARPA. That story, Salida Sports Manufacturer awarded $99,350 Outdoor Recreation Industry Grant. And next up, Crest Academy students sell wares at annual market. Crest Academy Market Sells Creativity The Crest Academy held their annual market in their new location at 627 Oak Street in Salida on Wednesday night, May 10th. Here, students enter the retail world with their own product, a business license on display, a Venmo account, cash box, and market space. The market is a chance to mingle, view a vast variety of handmade products, provide real-life retail interactions, and purchase one-of-a-kind items. Many offerings are ingenious, from tote bags made from t-shirts to charcuterie-serving slabs and breadboards made from live-edge timbers left over from a dad's home-building business. Before the product ever goes to market, there is learning and work, from assessing market trends to preparing the products. Liam Clywer, seeing the need for stress balls and fidgets, has DEM fidgets. DEM fidgets are made from balloons filled with sand or other materials. The balloons are layered and cut out so that they are colorful and interesting to the eye, as well as soothing and fun for handling.
Moving around the expansive venue, the scene was boisterous with happy shoppers perusing the wares and visiting friends. Parents, grandparents, and siblings of Crest students were on hand, as well as many whose friends' children are Crest students and others who simply know about the annual market and enjoy the experience. Sofia Almeida's business, Mossify, sells adoptable moss balls in small jars filled with water. Marimo moss balls live in fresh water and grow five millimeters per year. In nature, they are rolled and tossed about within the currents of their home waters, keeping them round and healthy. So Almeida sells each moss ball with care instructions to maintain the ball agitate daily. Ash Goyman offers eco totes. Goyman sewed the sleeves and lower hems together, creating expandable totes, which come in several sizes and designs. This was not the first market for most of the students. One who spoke with Ark Valley Voice remembered her first market, which took place during COVID-19. It was online and not the lively evening the crowd enjoyed last night. Some students have experienced more than six years of markets. For adults, the annual Crest Academy Market is a chance to socialize as well as discover a variety of retail offerings made by students. It is an opportunity for Crest students to dive into the experience of running a business. That story: Crest Academy students sell wares at annual market. And continuing in the news, Buena Vista trustees approve new youth tobacco ordinance. This posted by Jan Wondra. During its regular Tuesday session this week, the Buena Vista Board of Trustees unanimously approved a new tobacco ordinance, raising the age to buy and possess tobacco products within town limits to 18. We asked staff to come back with their recommendation, and they have," said Mayor Libby Fay. Police Chief Dean Morgan and Municipal Judge Lisa Skanga were asked to weigh in. Morgan had spoken extensively during the April 11th trustees meeting regarding the growing use of tobacco by the youth of the area. At that time, he expressed support for a comprehensive approach involving both the Buena Vista School District and the town in addressing the problem. I don't want kids to start smoking, but I don't want them to be shamed and have something on their record either," said Trustee Sue Cobb. We know tobacco. Entities target low-income kids and kids on the fringe. How would this move through court? The process begins at school. The school will take the first bite at getting kids to stop, explained Judge Skanga. When that doesn't solve the problem, the police department will issue a citation for the kid and parents to come to court, where I'll explain the possible penalties. Asked about whether she would impose fines or some jail, she chuckled and said, "A fine. We're the municipal court. We're not the court for jail. In fact, jail isn't really a thing for us. If a juvenile needs detention, they will go to a county court. The maximum fine in municipal court could be twenty-six dollars and fifty cents." Skanga explained that the town purposely does not want to make it a big financial burden on youth. But every kid is different. People really don't want kids to pay fines. She explained that there is a statute for vaping on the state books, so there is a basis for the town's action. 
Our role in court is we talk with the kids and we learn why the child is there. The main option for a vaping ticket, if the kid has other things going on, is that I can choose to refer them to restorative justice. It's confidential. Or I can have them do an online education course for a certificate, and then I could dismiss the case. She stressed that making the issue important enough to talk about it with youth can make a difference in stopping the behavior. The motion to adopt Ordinance Number、no. Twenty Three, adding a new section making it illegal for youth under the age of eighteen to possess tobacco products, including vaping products, was made by Trustee Cindy Swisher. That story, Buena Vista trustees approve new youth tobacco ordinance. Next up, a new childcare proposal for the schoolhouse. This posted by Jan Wondra. During their work session this week, the Chafee Board of County Commissioners (BOCC) heard a proposal from a newly constituted nonprofit called Chafee County Childcare. Asking for significant funding to reopen the schoolhouse for a program they call Arc Valley Preschool in time for the coming school year, the nonprofit filed with the state of Colorado on April twenty sixth, twenty twenty three, and Chaffee County Community Foundation (CCCF) is its intended fiscal sponsor. They submitted a hefty ask of the county, asking for an upfront one hundred thousand dollars to combine with a one hundred and thirty-three thousand dollar pledge amount they have received in the community to open the schoolhouse under new management with twenty-four preschool slots. Childcare is essential infrastructure, and the need is acute," said CCCF Executive Director Betsy Dittenberg. We are requesting potential funding so the Arc Valley Preschool can open this year by August, and ask that you invest in this as an investment in the workforce. The Chaffey County childcare effort includes Chaffey County Childcare Board President Katie Patty, who was joined by Dittenberg to present to the BOCC this week. Other board members include Sarah Brown, Whitney Klein, Anne Taylor, and Megan Strauss. I remind us that expanding childcare resources and slots is a goal of the Chaffee County Comprehensive Plan. We have to preserve the childcare we do have. We don't want to lose any more," said Dittenberg. Increasing the number of childcare slots is a capital need here that could get match reimbursements. I can't stress this enough. Dittenberg outlined the needs to the BOCC, saying the county needs to find a way to support comprehensive childcare resources in our county. The Chaffee County Early Childhood Council is working hard, and CCCF has been doing grant making for the past five years, working in a nonprofit capacity. CCCF has distributed about 2.9 million dollars in grants over the last five years, and our missions are community-wide," said Dittenberg. "We need partners for this growth plan. We are asking for 100,000 dollars to get this new center open, and also for you to consider doing a long-term commitment of 250,000 dollars. Childcare is connected to a strong workforce." It is connected to the workforce and to tourism. If we want to have a family-friendly community, there is going to have to be an investment there.
With that, she handed off the presentation to Patty, who was introduced as the president of the board and the person who would run the Ark Valley Preschool. The plan is for 24 slots at the schoolhouse, the same number as before the abrupt shutdown in January 2023, assuming they can get the community investment to open by August 21st. As you know, the schoolhouse was closed on January 24th. Children were displaced, and none of the children were placed in the existing facilities. Some parents found spots, but others haven't. At the moment, we are the only facility with a license and 24 slots. We will use the same building, said Patty. The board that was there has resigned. There is a new board. We're working with additional folks in the community to give this board what we need to handle reopening. As a parent who went through this, she added, I don't want to give them the lens that we won't be around for five years. For those professionals whose children are going to come here, we need to rebuild community trust. This was not positive for anyone. That is why we are coming to you, for other entities to rebuild trust with your involvement. She added that the entity has a new name, the Ark Valley Preschool, and will include a mix of former students and new students. There will be new staff, and some staff were invited to be rehired after what happened, pending we are given the opportunity to come back. There are new policies and procedures. We're going to do it right. She went on to add that when the state investigated our license, they found an issue. She did not say what it was and reinstated it within three weeks of the January incident in which the sheriff's office was called by the Chafee Department of Human Services to shut down the facility. By state law, this could only have been done by the Colorado Attorney General's office. Because the police entered the premises, it was an automatic suspension of our license, said Patty. If it had been handled differently... And we want you to know, and Monica Haskell now knows this as well, other facilities have had an experience and an investigation by DHS, but didn't involve law enforcement. They remained open because it was handled differently. Saying that the new board is all about solutions, Patty described the new preschool setup as one classroom specifically for universal pre-K, with the second classroom varying based on hiring caregivers for the younger age group. She made a point of stressing the student-caregiver ratios, adding that the request they are bringing to the county includes proper administrative setup that would include a substitute, substitutes on the payroll, and an administrative secretary to do the reporting paperwork required for licensing oversight, which would also involve Chafee Early Childhood Council Executive Director Sarah Romack. She admitted that if the original nonprofit Chafee Child Care Initiative had had more cash in the bank and these administrative positions had been funded, we could have handled the downtime differently. The nonprofit had to lay off the entire schoolhouse staff. Patty Ann Dittenber laid out the financials, explaining that the effort would require $383,000 to open with 24 slots and that $133,000 was already pledged. By comparison, when the schoolhouse originally opened in 2018, it took $250,000 to open, raised in the community. 
They presented a five-year plan with some options for county investment, with the proposal of an annual $250,000 county grant goal to get to 120 additional childcare slots in Chaffey County in the next five years. Asked about the funds awarded last year to help with renovations to increase childcare slots at the schoolhouse that had come from accrued DHS funds, Patty said, "When the Chaffey Childcare Initiative had to lay off staff, they had to return the $124,000 from DHS so they would pay for that one week of care for all the parents during the investigation." And that's all we have time for. Thank you for joining us for the Ark Valley Voice News Program. My name is Michelle Wexler. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.